Okay, Wellspring, it's, it's really great to speak to you again. I'm so glad to be uh, speaking to you again during this network week where we're looking at our connections with other uh, agencies and uh, networks around the country. And I'm joined by Gavin Calver, the CEO of Evangelical Alliance. Hello, Gav. Hello, great to be with you, mate. That's really good. Thank you for joining us. Uh, by the power of Zoom from your uh, rather uh, nice-looking lounge over in Northwood, is that right? Yeah, not too far away, just down the road. Yeah, so um, uh, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we are so glad during this week to be able to uh, think, to pause and think about the difference it makes that we as part of Wellspring Church are also part of national networks that make such a big difference uh, to see the kingdom of God extended in, uh, around the country, really. Uh, and uh, we're specifically here talking to Gab about the Evangelical Alliance, or you might hear it shortened during this conversation to EA. Um, but before we get to that, Gab, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you come to be in this position? Yeah, um, I'm a Londoner. I'm married to Anne. We've been married for 21 years this summer. Um, I've done much better out of that arrangement than she has, I think. <laughs> we've, got, we've got two kids, Amelie's 15, Dan's 12. Um, and we just are so passionate about Jesus. Uh, the, the, the thing we're most passionate about that has no uh, eternal consequences, football, but we won't talk about that because Wimbledon just got relegated. But, but I came to be involved with the EA because I live and breathe seeing people come to Jesus. And this evangelical thing, people misunderstand it. Basically, we are good news people in a bad news world. And it's all about the gospel. Now, at the same time, Tim, let's just let's just get it out in the open. I'm third generation EA. My granddad and my dad both ran the EA, but I didn't mean it was my plan. It wasn't like Simba in the Lion King being held up and given to the EA. <laughs> the circle birth. of life. <laughs> it certainly was not. But it was. But there is something in my DNA about uniting the church to reach the lost. And so I did 14 years at Youth for Christ before this um, and basically left Youth for Christ to join the EA because the Lord was quite clear with me. There's not 7.2 million people in Britain. There's 65 million people. And there's not age sections in heaven. So I've left somewhere where I just worked on reaching young people to go somewhere where we're trying to inspire the church to reach all people. And it's been a great adventure thus far. Battles and blessings along the way, but more blessings than battles. That's great. That's really good. And you've already hinted that with the mention of your uh, kind of your family line. But what's the history of Evangelical Alliance in this country? It goes back a while, huh? Yeah, 1846, the Evangelical Alliance was started in the United Kingdom. Originally, it was a meeting in London from people all over the world. And it was going to be a global alliance started, first of all. But they couldn't do that because the Brits would not enter into an alliance with the Americans because the Americans still owned slaves. That's a conversation for another day. But it was started with a heart for justice that said, no, we can't. We, we will be aligned, but not at any cost. There has to be boundaries to unity somewhere. So in 1846, the UK Alliance, the World Alliance started two years later. The UK Alliance started with two aims that remain our two aims 176 years on. Unite the church in reaching the lost and give the church a clear and effective voice into every layer of society. And, and on that E word, let's just let's completely just deal with that now. People yeah, always what, say, what, what is evangelical anyway? Exactly. What is that all about? Right. Number one, we believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. Stop changing scripture to accommodate your culture. Stick with what it says in there. Number two, death and resurrection of Jesus, single most important thing in human history. Number three, the need for conversion. 
Loads of my friends in the church seem to think you come to faith by osmosis or all paths lead to heaven. No, you get on your knees and you meet the saviour. And number four, let's be active in the world, making the world more like the kingdom. That's why in Watford, and I know a lot about what you guys are up to, in Watford, everything from food banks to, to what Helen's doing through Dignify and stuff, all of that is about making the world more like the kingdom. Evangelicals do more common good than just about any other people group in the UK. And so that activist part drives us too. So when I look at that, you say to your average Christian, okay, do you believe the Bible is the inspired word of God and you shouldn't change it to fit what you want? Yes. Okay. Do you believe the death and resurrection of Jesus is really important? Yes. Do you believe in the need for conversion? Yes. Do you believe in the need to be active, making the world more like the kingdom? Yes. So I say, so what's the problem? Well, the problem is someone told me evangelical meant this. No, 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 no. Let's get it back to what it means. Let's focus what it means. And let's change the United Kingdom in the name of Jesus. And let's do it together. Okay, Gav. We've been friends for a long time, right? And uh, and I've been able to, I've had a front seat to your role as CEO uh, when I joined the board of EA a couple of years ago. And, and still, when you talk about Jesus and you talk about the mission and purpose of the church, it still inspires me. Even, even this, and I hope that comes across to all of you listening, that um, this is not about the furthering of some kind of doctrinal position or there's nothing about this that is to do with kind of hateful doctrine or or arrogance, but actually there's a desire for genuine transformation. And our vision as a church is to see Jesus love transform communities. Uh, and, and that's at your heart, Gav. And you, and you get told a lot about how hateful you are, right? Is that that's some of the uh, out in the social media world? People keep telling you how hateful you and EA are. Yeah, oh yeah, I regularly get all kinds of nice comments about my family and my life. You know, in the heat of the moment, what I'd say to people is it's only Twitter. So in the heat of the moment, it feels existential. When you step away from the phone, it's okay. The one I always use as the example, I've got it as a screenshot when I do training. At Gav Calver, you are the scum of the earth and are going to burn in hell. Hashtag love wins. Right? People, <laughs> people don't even miss the irony of that. Now, now, here's the thing, though, Tim, let's be clear. Every view I have comes from my love for Jesus. So put it crassly, right? When I was a child, if you'd said to me, when I was 15, you said to me, get married. You don't get to have girlfriends anymore. I'd have told you where to go. But when I met Anne and I had this incredible relationship with her, the rules, boundaries, however you want to talk about yourself, the rules, boundaries and context of that relationship were all worth it for the relationship. I think some of the problem in the UK is we expect people to live by our, the rules of our kingdom without our king or, or, wow. or, or to do it without the relationship. And I just want people to desperately, I desperately want them to meet Jesus. Once you meet Jesus, you realise there's some boundaries to that. And, and that's cool. Now, scripture, which is the ultimate authority over my life, it sometimes can be like a stone in your shoe. It can feel like it rubs against the culture. It doesn't mean it's wrong. And I think one of the things I often say, when I, especially when you're called hateful and various other things, I ask the Lord for his eyes on the culture, not mine, because we've got cultural anaesthetic. Yeah. You know, I can tell you everything wrong with the American church very easily, but the UK is a problem because I live here. Whereas when Jesus turns the tables, the disciples don't see the problem, do they? They don't see the exploitation of the poor. But Jesus sees it. So even the disciples walking with Jesus don't see the problem because their culture's told them this is okay. Yeah. Now, so we need to say, Lord, help me see with your eyes, not mine. Take away my cultural blindness. Because I think then we're prepared to say stuff. I also think the other thing is, it's about time the church had a little bit more bottle. Mm -hmm. 
Because why is it we expect, accept, expect to be universally accepted and loved and yet also able to stand on truth that not everyone will accept? It doesn't really work. No, it didn't, really, so, work. It didn't really work for Jesus. So not everyone accepted him when he walked the earth. It was, he was a divisive character as well as one who united, right? Oh, completely. But, but I'll tell you what, though, he always did the will of the Father over himself. Yeah. So when he prays in Gethsemane, he sweats blood and he, he asks three times to not go to the cross. If anyone watching this, any wellspringer is struggling with not getting the answer to their prayer they want, take some, take some sort of heart from the fact Jesus didn't. Yeah. But he still went through with it. And I think what I'm trying to do in this role is be prepared to go through with it if it's what the Lord wants for me, whatever the price tag. And a while ago, we, we've got to stop going on about revivals in China and Iran, where it's the fastest growing church in the world, if we're not prepared to take some of the price tag. We can't want Iranian results with UK comfort. You can't have both. And so at some point we step out and we say, okay, Lord, we're in this for you. And we hope that won't be too uncomfortable, but if it is, so be it. Yeah. And you talked when you first, uh, I remember your commissioning, everyone gathered around you and we prayed for you. And uh, you talked to these two words came, that came from, in terms of what this next season of the EA was going to be, right? Maybe talk a little bit about what God laid on your heart, because there's a really wonderful tension, a creative tension between them. Yeah, it was to be braver than we've ever been and kinder than we've ever been. Because the problem is, okay, everyone listen to this. You know people that are ludicrously brave and unkind. But you also know people that are incredibly kind but have no guts. And I think the Lord's calling us to both. The, the society says they're mutually exclusive. They, they're not exclusive things. Because the problem is, is the culture says that kindness is utter acceptance of everything I believe and stand for. That's not kindness or everything I want to try. If that was kindness, none of your children would have any hands. Because when you put them in the fire, you wouldn't tell them, don't put your hand in the fire. You might get burnt when they're small. So this brave and kind thing, we are going to stand firmly on God's word. We are going to absolutely be distinct from the culture, but no one's going to say we're horrible. And so, so a couple of examples of that for me would be um, on social media, you referred to earlier, people will say, you evangelicals are this and this and this, and it gets quite fruity, the language. I'll always put under that. Let me know when you're next in London. I'd love to buy you a coffee. And so you don't get the answer back, but I want to humanize being a good person. Or at that commissioning you mentioned, my best friend was there too who um, I got banned from church with when I was 14. And uh, he's not been back to church since. He's an employment law barrister. He's an atheist. And he came up to me at the end and he said, I literally could not disagree more with what you're giving your life to. I could not be more disgusted at the cause you're choosing to throw yourself into. Frankly, this is appalling. However, well done, mate. We can do this, you know. You, don't, you can do relationship without utter acceptance of everything being the same. Culture's trying to make us all magnolia. This is the irony. We're being told to express ourselves, but unless we all fall, fall in line with exactly the same worldview, ideology, belief system, and everything else, it doesn't work. I mean, this is nonsense. We need to be prepared to say, I am prepared to be brave. I have got into trouble for all kinds of things, and that's okay. But I don't want anyone to ever say he's not kind. Yeah, and that's, that's beautiful. And and kind of all of that married together with this desire and heart for unity uh, in the church. And you and I have talked about that so much over the years of just how, um, how powerful it is when churches come together. So we've talked quite a bit about the evangelical side of things, um, but the alliance thing is, is about, isn't it, different churches, individuals, people from 
very, very different denominations coming together. And there's, there's incredible power in that unity when it's authentic and when it's with Jesus at the center. Maybe tell us a little bit about how, how many people are in the members of Evangelical Alliance and, and what give us paint a picture around the yeah. country, what that's like. Yeah, no, happily. And I'm always saying to people that the EA is not a staff team. We have a staff team. The Evangelical Alliance is the alliance. So we've got over 3,000 church members. Now, they're all kinds of streams. That's a load of fun, by the way. Most Sundays I go and preach somewhere. And I'll be honest, I can say this, we're amongst friends. When I came to Wellspring, that's a home match. Right? I, uh, I might be a Baptist ordained, but I'm kind of Baptist-costal. Right? That's all good. <laughs> Charismatic's fine. But I'll go to another church. And if you put your arms in the air, you're, you're a nut job, so you can't do that. Or I'll go to another church. My wife's a church leader. There's lots of places I can't mention that. Not to be, it's just not the fight for that day, because in that church, that wouldn't be the case. I go to many churches where I'm the only white person in the room. That's quite different as well. You go to some churches where my wife, Anne, will say, when will, you be, when will you be home? And I can give her a time. Others, it'll be, when will you be home? Hopefully today. You know, it, it's all very different. But the unity is because we stand together to see the great commission fulfilled in the United Kingdom. And I think for too long, we found the differences instead of finding the similarity. Now, there are boundaries to unity. There has to be. You know, if someone doesn't believe in the resurrection, well, we've got a problem here. If someone's playing pick and mix with the Bible, we've got a problem here. But, but I love the diversity. We've then got about 500 organizations, and that's everything from World Vision to Youth for Christ to you know, all, kinds of, all kinds of different things. And then we've got about 18,000 individuals. Who, who stand now the individual membership wasn't that important for a while i'll be honest because the churches got us through the door into the corridors of power however there's a growing skepticism towards institutions in our culture everyone will have noticed that so we're asked how many actual individuals so if anyone is listening to this and thinking do you know what i'm quite up for this what you're doing really is we can take you into spaces you would never get otherwise we take your voice into places with government ministers or other things to speak up for the church but also you're standing with so many others the EA individual membership is about 18,000. It needs to be 50,000. Why? Because of sound of voice, because of influence in the culture, because of making a difference. And it only costs £3 a month, a cup of coffee a month for an individual or a couple. So if you're married, sign up as two. Check with your spouse later. But eauk.org <laughs> forward slash join us is where you could... And, and all you're doing is saying, I stand with everyone else. Now, now give one, there's lots of reasons this is important. We are currently doing all kinds of work on all kinds of issues. Um, your voice adds to that voice but also there are many things on which no ea no discussion on that now regardless of your that's everything from offsetting youth work in sunday schools to recent stuff around conversion therapy which is incredibly complex let's be honest incredibly pastorally complex but important that we still have the freedom to be able to minister to people in the same way and on all of these issues we're actually able to go into the room someone said to me and i'd say this because you're my friend someone said to me the other day I think the government think if they speak to the Archbishop of Canterbury, they speak to Cardinal Nichols, the head of the Catholic Church, and then they speak to the EA to round up the rest. They've spoken to the church. They said that to me as a joke. I took that as the greatest compliment because actually <laughs> there are a lot of Christian voices that never got into the corridors of power because when people thought church, they thought about those two other institutions. But the church in this country is incredibly diverse. And interestingly, all the growing bits are evangelical. I'll leave, I'll leave the people listening to work out why they're the growing bits, but they're the growing bits. Yeah, yeah and I, I think you mentioned there about um, the corridors of power. 
uh, for for years, I was involved on behalf of Assemblies of God um, with the as the parliamentary liaison officer, um, and I really enjoyed uh, that period of trying to connect uh, AOG churches into and leaders into what was happening in Parliament. But it really became apparent to me during that period of just how important it is that there are people who are really well trained and well briefed. Um, and there are rooms. I found myself in rooms in uh, in the Palace of Westminster because of what I represented that meant I could have a voice alongside um, other really influential people. Now, it was only for a period for me, whereas um, at EA, we've actually got a dedicated team of people who are speaking up and, and getting the right people in the room. You mentioned the conversion uh, therapy uh, consultation, Gav. It seemed to me um, that you were able to, with your kind of team, were able to get the right people in the room that could have a massive difference in terms of the, the liberties of, of Christian ministers and youth workers to actually be able to pray with members of their church. Is that right? Yeah, no, um, we've done a lot with every level of the government on conversion therapy. But one of the things they hadn't considered was the impact on youth ministry. Yeah. You know, one of the, the original bill would have meant, let's get realistic here. If you've got two 16-year-olds who come to you, one is same-sex attracted and one is heterosexually attracted, you can pray for the heterosexual one. And they both say, we don't want to act on our feelings. You can pray for the heterosexual one, but not for the homosexual one. That's discrimination, actually. And they've not really thought through the implications for, for kids. You know, like in the same way as well, um, some people are arguing, well, how can an under 18 year old consent to that? But they can consent to puberty blockers. This is so complicated. And what we can do as the EA, because of our membership, is we can elevate the voices of our membership to certain places. So we were able to take the seven largest youth organizations to meet with the Equality and Human Rights Commission of the government. None of them would get that on their own. We sat in there, we got the invite, we sat there, they did the talking. Then the government were able to think about what does this mean for youth ministry? Now, now, what I think is important as well, when you alluded before to the AOG role in Parliament, EA doesn't, isn't getting in anyone's way. So EA would encourage that massively for AOG to have a voice into that space. But what EA does is it takes AOG and it adds that to Elin, adds that to evangelicals in the Anglican church. It adds that to parts of the church you'll never have heard of because they're small. It adds that to the house church. It adds that to, and it takes, we reckon we represent, and we say reckon because there's new streams all the time, but how you define a stream is complicated but about 85 streams of, uh, of evangelical Christianity. Now, AOG is one of those. It's a very significant one. So we would encourage any of those streams to have their own work to some extent, but if you want to make the voice louder, come together. And also, better to not do it at all and leave it to us than do it badly. So it's down to the level of, of buy-in and commitment. And the other thing that will amaze people is people do not realise what's going on in the church. When you tell stories of the church, it's alive and kicking. We have got more volunteers. What impact. and particularly and um, the the fastest growing part of the church in the uk is pentecostalism yeah. most people in authority haven't even heard of it the idea of you being an assemblies of god church leader um i'd be amazed if boris had heard of that you know so we take it into those spaces we speak in some truth and we can go forward together i think the other thing as well is is high trust so so what we ask people is trust us enough to give us your voice but also stand with people enough. And, and, and here's the thing too, I talked about brave and kind earlier. I take some proper bullets for the church and I'm happy to do that. And that's the calling of this job. Individuals listening to this don't have to take those bullets, but you can have my back when we take those bullets. And the best way to do that is to be a member, is to cheer us on, is to pray for us and stand together. Because when you become a member of the EA too, it's not like anyone needs to know, but I tell you what, the vote of confidence to us is massive. And I say this to people too, it's not about money. 
really isn't. Three pound a month. We're not trying to get up to 10, 20, 30 pound a month. It's not about money. It's about voice. Can we stand together? And I believe the next 10 years for the church are existential in this country. And I believe they're going to be amazing. But they might get a bit harder before they get better. That's really good, Gal. And that's going to be my last question. You've kind of almost begun to answer it, is that uh, people listening are going about their week. Uh, they're, they're thinking about uh, how to pay the bills, how to pay the gas bill, how to get the kids where they need to get to. Maybe they're on a rotor. Uh, for what's happening on Sundays. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on in, in, in minds and just trying to survive and that kind of thing. Um, but we will pray in a minute, definitely before we finish this podcast. But just to say, um, what? so you've already mentioned about it makes kind of a difference. To the person who's sitting there doing their ironing or whatever, um, what would you say to them about why it matters that, that the church they're part of is part of EA, but also that they could themselves be, become a, a kind of personal individual member. Yeah. I, I think one of the key things is that the church is much more macro than we all make it. So it's really macro, important. As in bigger than it. Yeah. So Wellspring is really important. It's really important. It's absolutely vital to the salvation of Watford and beyond. It's really important. However, Wellspring's not in every town. AOG is not in every town. And, and I think we need to get away from a competitive mentality to a kingdom one. The church in Watford will only explode if no church leader cares who the converts go to. But the problem at the moment is you do a youth mission. First question is, how do I get all of them into my church? So I think we need to make our lives about God and his kingdom, not me and my context. And so no, I don't want anyone to leave Wellspring. I love you and Helen. I love the church. I want it to flourish. But I don't want anyone in Wellspring to think that Wellspring is the answer to the salvation of the UK. It's part of the answer. Amen. And one of the reasons to go broader is you celebrate greater diversity. You show that you're connected to, to others. You show there's a bigger story than yours. As individuals, too, why would an individual member join? Well, here's the thing, right? If we don't have a loud enough voice in 10 years' time, we will regret all the things we've lost. EA will fight for the things the church needs in this season, but we can only do that as loudly as the people involved in it. But then when it comes to the fulfillment of the Great Commission, None of us can do that on our own. We can only all do it together. It's one of the reasons why I lead the Evangelical Alliance. We don't have exclusivity on heaven. We are a part of the church, but it's a part of the church within which we need to be united as broadly as we can. And so I would say to anyone, think wider, live deeper. What I mean by that is go as wide as you can with the church. So, so join the EA, connect with all these people, but then go really deep with the people you know. Because you're the best hope for them coming to Jesus. Not me, not EA, not anything else. And I think in this season, where we're all a bit distracted by headlines and bad news and other stuff, the church needs to be a non-anxious presence for the long term. So dig in for the long term. You think your life's hard. Imagine facing all of this in the last two years without Jesus. So therefore, let's posture ourselves to the lost as well. That's another reason to be involved in things like EA, because we were constantly challenged to posture towards the lost. Imagine your friends who've gone through this season without Jesus. Imagine that's so hard. And we are struggling, so you walk with a limp. I don't trust anyone that doesn't walk with a limp. If you don't walk with a limp, you've had no pain or you've lived in Disneyland. You know, we've got to be serious. We're, we're all struggling, but let's look outwards too. So look bigger, join wider, but then go deeper with those around you. Because the most important thing you can do right now as a wellspringer, though it is important to be on the rotors, and I'm not trying to lose you your volunteers, but the most important thing right now is your next door neighbour who doesn't know Jesus yeah. is more open to the gospel than they've been at any point in their lifetime because they have lived in the face of death for two years. Every night on the British news, excess deaths, 
Your neighbours are asking the questions you've wanted to answer for 30 years when they weren't asking them. Don't turn around in two years and think, why have they lost interest? Now is the moment yeah. for us to go deeper with those around us, for us to love being back in church, but for the church to have invisible walls, because as many people as possible are invited to the party. And don't forget as well, you need to do that in Watford. People need to do that in postcodes throughout the UK. So join wider too. That's great. I love that. Wider and deeper at the same time. But that's just that's inspiration. That is gold. Uh, thank you so much, Gav. Listen, um, before we go, and I know everyone listening to this will want to just take a moment to pause. Um, and it would be my joy and pleasure to pray for you. If thank there's you. one thing we can pray uh, at this particular time in the spring of 22, what's the one thing that will be at the top of your list to pray for? Uh, I think the one thing is this is the moment for the church to share the gospel. So for me and the individual, but for the church, let's pray that the evangelical church proves itself to be genuinely evangelical by being defined by the good news. One tiny thing on that, we've got some research coming out in 10 days talking Jesus. Right? So encouraged. Seven years ago, one in five of your non-Christian friends were interested in hearing more about Jesus. Right now, a third of your non-Christian friends are interested in hearing, hearing about Jesus. My biggest prayer is not all the bad news, all the challenges, all of the rest. My biggest prayer is to see something ridiculous with our eyes in this nation as God does something amazing. And I want to see that with my neighbours. I want you to see that in Watford. And I want every postcode in the UK to see it too. Come on. Well, look, let's pray now. And um, where we are, just join with me. If you're, if you're driving, don't shut your eyes, but pray with me anyway. Uh, we're going to pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you that, that you are, Lord Jesus, our good news. It's all about you. Thank you, Lord, for, uh, for your life and your teaching and your example. Thank you for your sacrifice, Jesus, and for giving your life so that we could not only be transformed ourselves, but then for filling us with your spirit, that we can be witnesses of that good news uh, in the villages and towns and the communities and the neighbourhoods where you send us. And Lord, we thank you for Gav and for all in EA. They're like firebrands. Lord, thank you for even while we've been talking, for the way that you've used him to add fuel to our fire, Lord, and that we might be more on fire for the good news about Jesus than we have been at any time up until now. And Lord, as Gav suggested, we just want to say, Lord, help us to seize the day, to take the opportunities that you're giving us, to always be ready to give account for the hope that we have. But more than that, Lord, help us to be intentional with those around us. Lord, so whatever we're going on to the rest of today, Lord, give us opportunities to be and to speak good news to the people around us. And Lord, I do want to pray your blessing on Gav and Anne as a family, them as a family, the Calvers. Lord, we pray for the whole team at EA. Uh, we pray for all those that are working hard to make Jesus known and to unite the church in this nation to make Jesus known. Lord, would you bless them? And Lord, I do want to pray as they steal themselves in challenging times, Lord, I pray that serving you in this way would be more of a burden, uh, less of a burden and more of a blessing, Lord. Would you bless them and cause them to abound with your grace and your goodness? Uh, bless and protect them, Lord. And we say, bring this nation back to you mm. in Jesus' name.